All right. We're in Exodus, the 19th chapter. Certainly, it's been interesting as we do follow the children of Israel as they're leaving Egypt after 450, 430 years. Certainly, we find that uh, there have been some very interesting things happen. They have seen some unusual things, like the water parting and them going through the sea and on dry ground and, and those very interesting things. Well, we're finally to the mountain called two different things of Sinai and uh, also uh, it had an older name as well and Horeb was the other name it had two peaks and they sometimes thought that it meant one meant one and one meant the other but I think it's a little bit different than that so we let's begin with uh, Ezekiel uh, Exodus the 19th chapter on the third new moon after the people of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt on that day they came into the wilderness of Sinai and so we find that it took them from the first month the 15th day until the third month the first day which would have been approximately 45 45 days to get to the Mount Sinai. And so uh, God told the people to purify themselves, to wash their clothes, and to also to uh, dedicate themselves to what's going on. So it would have been close to 50 days, similar to the time of of Jesus when Jesus died on, at Passover. And 50 days later, we find the church starting. And so we find God showing up on the scene uh, on Mount Sinai. And so as we follow through on that, we find that uh, God will appear on the mountain and this is kind of some interesting things that happened on Mount Sinai, uh, as we will see. It was, this word Sinai was from the Hebrew, and it meant the Mount of the Bush. Because this was not the first time that Moses had been there to uh, this mountain, or approximately in this vicinity of the mountain as well because he was certainly scouting out for the sheep that his father-in-law had, and he was working on that. And so we find that this is uh, certainly a very interesting interesting time uh, during that period of time. So as you look at, if you look at Exodus, the third chapter, and I wrote these scriptures down so I could quickly read them, uh, Exodus 3, 1, it says, Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a fire, flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet was not consumed. 
And so we can see that this is not the first time he had been to Mount Sinai, but certainly it was uh, part of that call of, of Moses to, to bring him out of Sinai, to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. And so they derive from the Hebrew word Sinai, the mountain of the bush, uh, or mount of the bush. And so that's where the second term comes from. The first was a Jewish uh, custom of the mount of Joseph, of uh, Moses, and so certainly Moses had been there before. And so we go on in in Exodus twenty nine or nineteen two, they set out from Rephidim and came into the wilderness of Sinai, and they encamped in the wilderness. There Israel encamped before the mountain, and so you find that there was a flame of fire at night for a night light and a cloud of by day that God would they could see that God was with them at all points in 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 their journey and certainly he's with us in all our journey as well we just don't see the bush but certainly the Holy Spirit's been in our lives if we've allowed him to be there and so verse 3 of Exodus 19 while Moses went up to God, the Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, one of the things I thought was interesting in this passage was the fact that, you know, sometimes people get the idea, well, I did this. And I think it's interesting that, no, they didn't do that. It was God that did that. God brought you here. God helped you and blessed you through the years. And so certainly um, when he says, you saw what I did to the Egyptians. So evidently they weren't too far off that they couldn't see what had happened to the Egyptian army. And the, the wheels came off their chariots and, and they drug and so uh, one person I met years ago said it was the first drag race that you ever saw in the Bible, uh, and it didn't end well for them. So uh, certainly that was what they saw. They, God said they could see that. And so certainly interesting thing that they could see. While Moses went up to God, the Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus... You shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the people of Israel, you yourselves have seen what I did. And I thought it was interesting. It says how I bore you on eagle's wings. Now, there was a bird in that area of the world that wasn't an eagle, but it was a large bird, of some wingspan of five feet or more, uh, that... Uh, bore its young as they were learning to fly it would catch it would take them up and then they would fly and, and then it would catch them if they couldn't fly uh, but it seems like uh, God kind of made animals to know how to walk and fly and that kind of thing and so certainly we find that God did uh, bore them up God protected them in their journeys 
And he does protect us too if we will just allow him to work in our lives and help us. Um, so certainly uh, we can see that. It was very similar. This is a bird like the condor of, of uh, uh, California and that area, Southern California and Mexico, where it, it could actually catch its own young and, and it could bear them up, so protect them. So it's very similar. Now, the verse 5 of Exodus 19 says, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my commands, you shall be my treasured possession among all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that the Lord... You shall speak to the people of Israel. And certainly, um, it almost seems like this was what you could see happening with the children of Israel. God, in his plans, had them be priests to to the world, uh, just as we are a priest to the world, because God has called us to be a priest to to the world and spread his gospel. This is a very early reference that we see of God's plan for his people. This is the the thing that God had uh, planned throughout history to to cause people to um, come to him. He was here in the very beginning of Isaiah 11th chapter and the first chapter he talks about uh, that all nations will flow into his kingdom in this chapter 2 rather that uh, he tried to help them to realize that that's what they were going to be so in 1 Peter 2 verses 5 and verse 9 he calls them a holy nation and He says, in First Peter two five says, "You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ." Verse nine says, "You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession, that you may proclaim the mer- mer- excellencies." of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so certainly, Revelation, verse one, chapter 1, verse 6, Revelation 5, verse 10, uh, Revelation 20, verse 6, it all mentions that very fact that they were going to be a nation of priests, um, a kingdom of priests. And certainly, um, as we go over that, you realize that that you are actually working for other people. You're drawing other people into your kingdom because the, the gospel message was given in uh, 20, the last chapter of, of Matthew, that he wanted us to go into all the nations and preach the gospel. Um, and certainly we need to do that. We need to reach out to people 
And as one person told me, he said, uh, other nations are coming here. So all you have to do is do your evangelism around your area and you're going to touch the world. And certainly that's interesting that you can do that. You're going to be able to uh, influence people like you. You never thought it possible just by talking to them. It's kind of neat to uh, have that opportunity. And so, as we go on, we realize that, that, that uh, you're, you're not a nobody in God's kingdom. You are a priest in God's kingdom. And you need to act like a priest in God's kingdom. A priest that's holy in God's kingdom as well. Uh, and I can't emphasize that enough. So Moses came and called the elders of the people in verse 7. And set before them all the words that the Lord commanded him. It wasn't Moses thinking that he did it. It was exactly what God said to Moses. And Moses could evidently recall that well enough to give it to the people. But the only thing is, you'll find out here, how much did the people listen? How many people actually followed that? When you look at the children of Israel, you don't see that many uh, doing that. And so, uh, in 1 Corinthians 10.5, it says that that, uh, with most of them, God was not well pleased. So, how many actually listened to God? That's the thing that that I think we have to think about for ourselves. Are we listening to God? the way we need to listen to God. And so I'm struggling today because of allergies and that kind of thing, but but certainly the the listening is, is a very important part. Uh, and I heard uh, one gentleman say the, the greatest part of a marriage is being able to listen to your mate. Uh, because you can hear you, you hear what she's saying, well, or he's saying. But certainly, um, they didn't listen to what God said. First Corinthians ten five says he was not well pleased. For most of them, their bodies were scattered in the wilderness, uh, and they had God talking directly to them, not us reading through from the Bible and say, "Ah, uh, wonder what God really means by this." No, they were talking, God was talking directly to them. And you can see the results. And so, let's go on. Um, so in Exodus 19, 5, he said, Or uh, let's do eight first. It says, and the people answered together and says, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. And all the words of the God saying, we're going to do. Are we really going to do them? Are we really going to do them as we should? Jesus had to deal with people that supposedly listened to God. But he had more struggles with them than anybody else. And the simple people that that didn't think that they were theologians uh, 
they didn't listen to God and got, made their own ideas up and that kind of thing that um, was not good. But I, as I thought about that, I thought, wow, how would I like to listen to God? How could I listen to God? Uh, Job was pretty excited about it. I know that. So the verse 9 then says, And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I have come to you in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak to you, and may also believe you forever. Yeah, they forever. How long is forever for them? Uh, not too long. They didn't listen. They didn't listen as they should. And so God had them just fall in the wilderness. I think of the very time when the brazen uh, serpent was raised in the, in the wilderness, that uh, the snakes that bit the people could be healed, or the people that could be healed that were bitten by the snakes, and certainly they could uh, look at that and be healed. And so I thought to myself, from that time on, Jesus was already raised up on a cross. It was prophetic that he would be raised and he would feel that and understand that and realize that uh, that's going to be him one of these days. So the Lord said to Moses in verse 10, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their garments. And so, you know, each one of these verses as I tore it apart and looked at it and realized that that it was not the same. Uh, we read what they did, but we read what they did later on as well and complained and and those kind of things before God. Uh, it was a sad, sad bunch of people. They were a bunch of slaves, and they acted like slaves, I guess. They were slaves to their own desires. But when God said to consecrate yourself, and I was trying to think about what that really means, to consecrate yourself, uh, and wash our clothes. Well, I think with baptism we, we washed as well. Uh, God is always for clean, I think. Uh, inside and out. Uh, he wants us to be holy and clean before Him. Uh, so when we don't do those things, uh, I'm certainly, God's not too happy with us and and uh, gets angry with it as well. Let's read uh, verse 11. And be ready for the third day, for on the third day the Lord will come down on Mount Zion in the sight of all the people. I thought that was interesting. How would you like to see God? How would you like to see God? Wow. I think that would be pretty special. Uh, Job was pretty excited about that, even though he lost his family, kid, all, most of his family and his kids and, and his household 
things, uh, even at the end there, he said in Job 42, which is the last chapter, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I abhor myself and I repent in dust and ashes. And so you, you see those kind of things and you say, wow. Job really pretty, thought it was pretty interesting uh, to be able to hear God, see God. Uh, I only heard about you before, but now I could see you. Uh, and I thought that was interesting too. You know, Moses had talked to God and then Moses came to the people and talked to the people to get them ready to be to move out from Egypt. And yet, when you you read through that, you realize that here's a chance for them to hear what Moses heard. He heard God. He heard from God. And I thought, wow, what an opportunity that he could have. Not many people have seen God like that. Um, and of course Moses uh, had seen God as well to me it was very interesting as I read the chapter that uh, God would show himself in a cloud but he would not let the people come close to him because in verse 12 he says and you shall set limits for the people all around saying take care not to go up to the mountain or touch the edge of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. So God sets the limits on the people to be able to see God. And I am thinking, wow, they see God. And God says, not so close. Look from afar. Uh, And says, don't even touch the edge of the mountain. And I said, whoa, I don't know if I'd take a front row seat. I think I'd just sit back in a row or two uh, in this situation. And that that people wanted to hear God. They wanted to know what Moses is all about. And so God is showing them what Moses is all about through his ex- ex- that experience. But he says, don't, he said, set limits and God sets limits today also. You know, I was just thinking back through my past, and I was thinking of how when I was a youngster, 14, 15, maybe younger, but my mother called, told me I had to go with her because my brothers and sisters wouldn't go with me. And I went to a girl named Carol's place, and that was her name. She lived next door to us at one time not when I was in that age group but younger and so I went with her I didn't know what was going on I said okay let's go and uh, it was her yard we used to climb the fence and eat the the bing cherries out of the tree Uh, so I said this might be interesting to see if there's any bing cherries around but uh we went to her house and she was weeping and there was glass around and and I thought to myself what's going on here and come to find out 
She had sold the mattress out of the baby's crib so she could buy booze with it. And then she bought booze with it and got drunk. And so in the crib was just boards and a blanket over it. And in her, when the baby was crying, she would throw the baby in the crib and the, the mattress would soften the blow and the baby would stop crying. But it was crying and she lost tem her temper or whatever it was, she was drunk. And she ended up killing the baby. Now, I was there before the police even got there because the lady asked mom what she sh should do and so she said, call the police immediately. They did. So the police came. They interviewed me. How come you're here? I said, the only reason I come here is because I had to come here with my mom. But let me tell you, that affected me. And then when she realized the baby was dead, she the uh, bottles represented what she had done wrong, and she took them and smashed them against the the uh, fireplace. Uh, so there was glass around. Uh, the baby was dead. Uh, but that left a thing in my mem memory that I would never drink anymore. I, I, didn't, I never did drink, but I was too young to drink. But I one, that's one of the things, the reason why when I see young people or, or I see that, I, I, that memory comes back to me that I was there and saw that and what happened there and God does set limits and so wine is a mocker and a strong drink is, is, is a lie uh, in Proverbs uh, 20th chapter uh, but certainly you, you see those kind of things that stick in your memory you know, never had a desire to even take a first drink. Never did because you, it throws you back into those things. You remember those things. And, and uh, so I guess that's probably why I don't drink. Uh, one of the reasons why I don't drink. But uh, God does set limits. If we don't listen to the limits, then we're in trouble. Matter of fact, it said you're not to even touch the guy. You stone him or you put a, a spear through him or an arrow. Or, but God sets limits. And he set limits there. And I thought it was interesting that he set limits around the mountain, the physical mountain. And yet he set limits for their hearts as well. And... God continually sets limits. You People know when they're going to heaven, I guess, I think. Because you read Revelation 21.8, where it says, But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in a lake of fire, which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And that was right at the very end. Paul is dead by this time. Peter is probably crucified by this time as well. But in 96 AD in the book of Revelation, 
God sets some limits right to the very end of the book. That was chapter 21. In chapter 22, he goes a little, puts it in terms you can understand too. Blessed are those who do his commands, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. But the but outsider dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and adulterers and whoever loves and practices a lie. That's in the very last chapter of the book of Revelation. The very last book that was written in 96 A.D. Uh, there's something about the limits. God sets some limits. But he sets limits that are for our good, not our bad. Uh, and so certainly, when you read that, you realize that, that, boy, there is some pressure there as you realize how they, they uh, God sets limits. And so, of course, when people don't listen to God, then you find out that's exactly what happens. There is some consequences. If a beast even touches a mountain, you kill it. If a person touches a mountain, you don't touch it, you stone it or kill it. Uh, And so, certainly, verse 13 says, of Exodus 19, No hand shall touch him, but he shall be stoned or shot, whether beast or man he shall not live. What the, when the trumpet sounds a long blast, they shall come to the mountain. And so you see what God has done with the, the, the very fact is, as we read through this, I says, you know, I don't think I've ever really studied the 19th chapter very well and, and realized that, wow, there is a lot of teaching that can be done there and, and learning that you can do. That as you study these passages, you come to a realization that God is really on on to listening to what people do and then giving them what they do. Uh, I thought it was interesting. They said, you don't even touch him. You, you kill him. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and consecrated the people and they washed their garments. So certainly they started off with Moses right there and and that goes on and on. Matter of fact, he says, you, you need to focus, keep your focus right where it should be. In verse 15, he says, he said to the people, be ready for for the third day. Do not go near a woman. So keep your focus where it should be in in this situation. And that's what I got from that scripture that don't, don't focus on something else, on the physical. Focus on God and what he's got in mind. Now, what's interesting now, the church service is about to begin here. And so they're, they're, they're getting what it said. 
He said, when the trumpet sounds long. Now, I'm thinking that that trumpet could get pretty loud. And it did get, get, did get loud. And so, on the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that the people in the camp, what'd they do? Trembled. New King James says they trembled. And so you realize that, boy, when God shows up, uh, this is pretty intense. Very loud trumpet blast. I don't know if they were in air wearing earplugs or not, but they wouldn't. It wouldn't matter much. I think. I think when the Lord comes again, it won't matter if you got earmuffs on or not. You're going to hear them. Uh, but it said the people trembled, uh, and so you think Moses trembled? Well, I think we're going to find out. <clears throat> It certainly, and as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder, in thunder. Now, I was, I remember years ago when John Van Voorst lived next door, that uh, the, there was two oak trees, one beside the other one, the one's gone now, but there was uh, an oak tree right there closer to Main Street Uh, but lightning came down and struck that when John was sitting in his living room reading it just scared John so much the book went flying John jumped out of his chair and he had to go outside to see what it was because it was such a loud cracking in him branch broke off or something like that and uh, but can you imagine here God speaking and they heard it in thunderous terms Uh, he thundered Uh, I know uh, I've heard a few loud bangs of thunder but church service was pretty pretty intense there Uh, it's not a church service that you'd you'd miss uh, too much in if you realize that the trumpets grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him in thunder. Uh, not easily forgotten. Now, God doesn't always use thunder, but it, in this particular time, uh, situation, he did. And I think it was to help the people to realize who God really was, uh, that they had that opportunity to learn uh, about God. But I can just imagine how it was. Um, And that was not all that happened. Uh, uh, We we find here that that many things happen as well. We see in 1 Kings 19, we see another man that came to Sinai, Mount Sinai, Horeb, actually. But it was Elijah. This was later on, because of during the time of the kings. This was after this time that uh, he came. And he says, uh, 
in verse 11 of 1 Kings 19, verse 11, he says, Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. And the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came up to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? A still, small voice. So God can speak in thunder, and he can speak with a still, small voice. Uh, now, I, I often thought maybe the thunder didn't work too well. God realized that well, you can scare people, but they don't get a hold of it. Uh, but here's a still small voice, and I thought that whatever it takes. Uh, it's very interesting how that that God uses that. <clears throat> the Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. In verse twenty. And Moses, Lord said to Moses, go down and warn the people, lest they break through to the Lord to look, and many of them perish. I thought that was so interesting. God set standards so the people would not just come up to look at this thing called God. Uh, I thought, how many people in the church just look and they hadn't got a hold of the whole picture. They didn't understand the thunderings and the lightnings and 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 the shaking of the mountain. Uh, how many people don't get the picture? They just look at what Christianity is instead of realizing the beauty and the grandeur of, of being able to be a, a Christian and, and great opportunities that we have of being with God and seeing God. Uh, and so it's interesting. God warned them a second time that if you, you break his limits, there's consequences and there's going to be serious consequences. And it's not going to be that God's prejudiced toward this person or that person. Anybody that beast or person that touches the edge of the mountain uh, would die. Uh, God doesn't play games. And he, te he certainly tells us what we need to know about God and what we need to know about life to help us to change our lives. I remember going through, we're out with... Uh, the bridges, uh, steels, steel bridges. Carlene's name was Steel at one time, and then her last name, she married a guy named Bridges, so I think of her as Steel Bridges. Uh, but we were out walking around about looking at these things and, and showing uh, that uh, 
we were going through one of the parks. I think it was Yosemite, but uh, but there was a bear across the road, and the people just pulled their cars over and ran into the woods to try to take pictures of the bear. I says, "You gotta be kidding me! You're not too smart with this. You don't go chasing after a bear." Uh, though some would. So we can see that some people just wanted to look at God. This was a unique thing to see. <clears throat> they wanted to look at God. And so certainly uh, God was not interested in that. God wants people to obey him and follow him and live his will the right way. And so they look. So it's interesting how that God can see that in verse 21. And verse 22, And let the priests who come near to the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. Even the priests said, Consecrate yourselves, uh, those that come near the Lord. God can see that. God doesn't like that hypocrisy, because God will deal with that hypocrisy in his way. Then again, as we go down through here, you just see Moses going up and down, up and down, down to verse 25 here. Um, verse 24, Aaron, he asked Aaron to come up with him. Uh, it, God told Moses to bring Aaron with him. And verse 25, so Moses went down to the people and told them what was happening. And I thought to myself, boy, don't we need a mediator like Moses was, and he was a picture of Jesus, who is our mediator, that um, we need a mediator like that. And so, as I come to the end of things, I, I was just wanted to just follow through on those, those points, but the one thing I did want to mention was that the writer of Hebrews mentions this very chapter. Uh, and shows the hope that we have. So in Hebrews 12, verses 18 through 25, he says, For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched that, and that burned with fire and to blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of trumpet and the, and the voice of words, so that those who heard it begged that the words should not be spoken to them anymore, for they could not endure what was commanded and if so much as a beast touches a mountain, it should be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. But you've come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are re registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, a mediator of the new covenant, and the blood of sprinkling that speaks better than that of Abel. So that see that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, how much shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven? And so you can see the very fact of Hebrews 12 says that, listen, we've come to something so much greater than this This loud thundering and lightning God, we've come to God who uh, loves us and wants to forgive us and wants to help us to grow and 
be spiritually minded. So certainly as we think about these things, I just pray that God will be with you. And and uh, I, would, I would bring an a invitation hymn now and an invitation for you to repent before God and get your heart right with God and give it to God because he's the only one that deserves it. Uh, in our uh, meeting this morning, uh, when we were at home, uh, in Psalms 84, he said, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a, a doorkeeper in the house of my Lord than dwell in the tents of the wicked. In a, a day as opposed to a thousand, uh, it's better to be with God for a day. And certainly that's what we need to do is to be with God. So I pray that God will help you and touch your heart. As you read through these, this passage in, in Exodus, uh, the 19th chapter, there's so much there and there's so little there. Uh, if you could read right through it and not get a thing, or you can read through it and realize that, that God is there. God is, why did God even come down to Mount Sinai anyways? Uh, it was for the people. It was, and that's why Jesus came down too. It was for the people. So I pray that God will bless you as you study these things. So let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd be with us and help us, that we might realize the great gift that we have in you as our Savior. Help us, Lord, to uh, not be afraid of what's going to happen to us, but help us to be honoring you as we should and keep your limits that we should and, and not be jealous of of the fun that others can have in evil ways, but help us to have fun in the way that you would have us to have fun. And Thank you, Father, for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.